looking today on a Friday. Good Friday, too. It's one of those days where you wake up. Now, I don't know about you. Today, um, it's just, you know, it was cooler out. Got up and went to the gym. Worked out again this morning. And I feel pretty good, which is nice. Always love that. Love that feeling, that endorphin feeling. But uh, wake up today knowing that next week is going to be a really cool week of broadcasts. It's almost like you just can't get here fast enough. Now, I know people say, well, it's because you're going to warm weather. Yeah, but L.A.'s not... uh, L.A. is like a different world right now with all the mandates and everything that they have. So it's not going to be an easy kind of trip, but still looking forward to it. But I'm looking for we started going through things uh, last night, myself, Kristen, Mike uh, Clemens, Erica. We started talking about uh, all the different things that we want to do. We want to bring to you. Uh, So we got into that discussion a little bit last night. So there's just a lot of cool things, I think, that we want to go see that we can kind of show you through through our eyes and through social media, what it is we got going on. So hopefully, if you're, if if indeed you are not of the warmest, that at least uh, you can live a little vicariously through us. And we're really looking forward to the buildup uh, coming next week from Radio Row and from doing the broadcast out in L.A., getting ready for Super Bowl. So uh, we got all that coming up. However, in the meantime... We got a lot going on today. We are going to hear from Mo Egger uh, of ESPN Radio down in Cincinnati. We'll get the thoughts. Uh, as Cincinnati has announced that they are not going to be a, a part of opening night in LA. They're going to be a part of it. They're just not going to LA because it's virtual again this year. Cincinnati has decided not to fly in until Tuesday uh, to come in, get into the hotel, and then polish their game plan on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, leading up to the Super Bowl on Sunday. So they're going to stay home. They are actually having a pep rally in Cincinnati at Paul Brown Stadium on Monday night. So that will be what's carried on the NFL Network, which is a little weird because it's two years in a row now. Because remember, last year, Tampa Bay, they obviously hosted. They didn't have to travel. They were at home. So they were there for opening night, which, again, was virtual last year. But the Kansas City Chiefs decided not to come in until Tuesday as well. They did the same thing at home. So opening night, which is usually the kickoff of pageantry and pomp and circumstance for Super Bowl, has really been shelved, for lack of a better term, until the pandemic ends. So Cincinnati's going to be at home. So we'll get to Mo Egger's side of things. We are going to talk a little warmer weather, but not about L.A. We're going to talk some Daytona, Harley-Davidson's, Bike Week, all that kind of stuff, uh, some Super Bowl entertainment uh, what's it like to play at Super Bowl? Uh, we're going to talk with Jesse James Dupree, the uh, lead singer from the band Jackal, who is also heavily involved with many uh, Harley dealers throughout the country, but obviously right here in our own backyard as they do the uh, what's called the Hometown Rally every year and has a real special place in his heart for Harley-Davidson and veterans and a lot of the charities. So um, we're going to talk with him coming up in the next hour as well. So that's around the corner. So a lot of good stuff coming up today. A lot of good stuff coming up today. Uh, In the meantime, you talk about a train wreck. So the Jacksonville Jaguars have found their man. Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is going to be um, the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Byron Leftwich was really kind of set to be the next head coach. And he pulled his name out of the running and said that, look, the, the GM Trent Balky can't work with the guy. Uh, he didn't give a lot of specifics, but just basically I can't work with this guy. 
Uh, he talked about, you know, the, the problems that have been plaguing Jacksonville and such for a while uh, and said, look, this is this is not the guy that I want to work under. This is not the guy that I want to evaluate the talent. It's just it's not been good. Let's start fresh. And uh, so he said, I, I don't want to be a part of this organization. And a lot of people in Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars fans, wanted Byron Leftwich to be the next head coach. They have taken to social media, and they are roasting, roasting the owner, Shad Khan. They are just roasting him, uh, basically cho- choosing Trent Baalke and all the problems that he's had in choosing talent over a new head coach. So now you got Doug Peterson, who I, I guess says, yeah, I can work with Trent Baalke, and walking in there, and uh, Baalke, um, yeah, he's going to keep his job, obviously, but I wonder how much concession there's going to be for Doug Peterson, who spent 10 years in the NFL and mainly as the backup uh, in Miami and Green Bay, Philadelphia and Cleveland as well, and uh, obviously wins the Super Bowl in in Philadelphia. But uh, Ben, I'll go to Ben Kenny because Ben, are you glad to see Doug Peterson back in the uh, in the NFL and this time in the AFC? Thrilled. I was, I mean, a lot of people are reacting like they settled for him. I think next to Flores, he was the most qualified guy that was available this offseason. I, uh, with with recent credential, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, one of the other things that Leftwich cited was that Balky is a meddler. So now I wonder, knowing what, what Doug Peterson went through in Philadelphia with the meddling from the front office, I wonder how much of that he's going to have to put up with in in Jacksonville, and I I'll tell you this I I agree with you I think Doug Peterson's a, a good head coach and very innovative and, and very he was he was the guy really that started going for it on fourth down he kind of led the analytics in the charge for hey if you're in that no man's land go for it on fourth down quit punting the football you know start start going for it start having some cojones and he started doing that and uh, I I look at Leftwich though saying that you know hey I. <laughs> I give him credit because there's only 32 of these jobs out there, and he had one. I mean, it was in his hands, and he said, no, I don't want any part of this. So I don't know if it's going to turn out to be career suicide for him as far as him getting another head coaching gig, but he he just said, no, there, there's no way I want any part of this. So does it give you pause for concern that Doug Peterson has taken a job, that Leftwich, who everybody wanted to take that job, said, no, I don't want any part of that? No, because uh, Peterson, as you said, a lot of experience in front office meddling and trying to tell you what to do. He also is experienced going into somewhere with a talented young quarterback and succeeding an absolute fail of a college head coach. First it was Chip Kelly, now it's Urban Meyer. So he right. kind of knows he right. kind of knows what's going on. He's also a culture guy. Like if you put someone in there, like the players love him. He's someone who can get a locker room behind him. I feel like he's the right guy. Doug Peterson replaces Urban Meyer, as you mentioned, who the uh, Jaguars fired with cause uh, on December 16th. He went 2-11, and committed a string of embarrassing missteps that included a couple of viral videos of him behaving inappropriately in a restaurant uh, with a woman who wasn't his wife and reports of him uh, berating his assistant coaches, uh, the hiring of a strength coach who was accused of making racist remarks and bullying black players at Iowa. And the Jaguars have had just one winning season since 2007 and have lost 10 or more games in 10 of the past 11 years. Now, the Jaguars, by the way, finished 3-13 and last year and have uh, the first pick in the NFL draft again this year. 
Their combined record in the past two seasons is 4-29, and 29, which includes a 20-game losing streak that is the second longest in NFL history. First of all, there's really nowhere to go but up when you say that. Secondly, with all, this is why you got to look at Trent Baalke. All the draft choices they've made, all of them, everything they brought in, and this team cannot get winning. They've had 10 of the last 11 seasons where they've had 10 or more games that they've lost. That's awful. I mean, that is beyond craptastic. I, that's a word that I can't even use on the air. That's how bad the Jacksonville Jaguars are. So Doug Peterson can't go anywhere but up, but that goes back squarely and points the finger at Trent Baalke saying, look, this guy can't evaluate talent either. And maybe that's one of the reasons that uh, Byron Leftwich said, hey, I'm, I don't want any part of this. If this guy's going to be here, this guy's an idiot. Uh, he, he's nothing more than a yes man to the owner, and I don't want to want any part of this. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens down in Jacksonville. But, yeah, fans took to, uh, <laughs> fan to, fans took to, uh, to social media to just absolutely crush ownership of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. So there you go. Uh, also, uh, our buddy uh, Eric writes, uh, hey, guys, uh, after reading everything that was stated on Capitol Hill yesterday regarding Daniel Snyder, do you think – the NFL will force him to sell his team. I it, it depends on where this goes. If this is it, then this was surviving the storm, and it will become white noise in a month, which is a shame, but it will. If this is taken further, as the uh, as yesterday was stated that they're going to look into possible criminal charges. Uh, against Daniel Snyder and the uh, and, and the culture that he put together, if, if this goes further, then yeah, then you know, yeah, Daniel Snyder might be forced to sell the team. You know, um, Washington Manor's owner uh, owner Daniel Snyder has a say in whether the findings from the NFL investigation uh, are released. The committee so. To explain this, to back up yesterday, um, numerous women coming out of the Washington football team, then the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders, uh, took to Capitol Hill. And the House Committee for Oversight and Reform um, released a second document yesterday that shows how the team requested a, quote, written investigation from Beth Wilkinson's law firm when she was hired to conduct an internal investigation of the team. Now, the NFL may not be able to publicly release the findings of its internal investigation of the Washington Commanders without the explicit permission of the owner, according to the documents that were released yesterday and this morning by the Congressional Committee. Uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has previously contended that the league cannot release the internal investigation because Wilkinson pretended, or presented, I should say, her findings orally. They did not want, this is going back to what uh, was tweeted yesterday by Andrew Brandt, that they wanted an oral-only description of the investigation. They did not want something written down for all to have because they didn't want it to get out. The documents released this morning were provided by the NFL as a part of the league's response to the congressional investigation into what the committee calls a decades-long toxic work environment under Daniel Snyder. And like I said, five women appeared yesterday. And the women and multiple members of Congress are demanding that the NFL release its report to the public. They are even going as far as to say, if you're not going to give us this, we're going to go after antitrust because this is you're done. 
you're done. During yesterday's roundtable, there was numerous uh, representatives that said the NFL has released reports on Ray Rice, the Carolina Panthers, Deflategate, but nothing, nothing with regard to sexual harassment and Washington. And they are looking for blood. This is not going to go away. If, if they stop here, it'll be something that the NFL survives. But if they don't stop here and continue to press on and the NFL continues to stymie them, this could really end up in an ugly, ugly dogfight. And I have this feeling that, and part of the reason why is because what was originally investigated as a toxic workplace environment and all the problems that Daniel Snyder created, when the NFL got done with their investigation, the only person that got canned was Jordan. And we all know why. Because he didn't like the commissioner, and the commissioner went after him. But nothing else happened, specifically to the owner, Daniel Snyder. Now, Congress is like, no, 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 no. You're not hiding behind anonymity anymore. It's done. You either give us what we want, or we're going to go after your antitrust. And then that's the beginning of the end of a lot of your money. So you better give us what we want. They, The owners may turn around and serve up Daniel Snyder as a sacrificial lamb. And unless you've got a lot of... Uh, behind the curtain there, but for the grace of God, go I. Uh, they may turn around and say, go ahead and give them what they want. Let's get Daniel Snyder out of here. We can, we no longer can can hide this owner who is just such a freaking creep. So we'll see what happens there. But big day yesterday on Capitol Hill regarding uh, regarding the uh, regarding the investigation. Um, Thomas says, have a good time at Super Bowl. Thomas, you the man. We will. Um Nancy says, I like Doug. I think he uh, his new boss is going to be involved more uh, than with the Eagles. Uh, Trent Baalke is just a train wreck. So we'll see if he does become more involved. But I got I to gotta assume if Doug Peterson speaks loudly and says this is a bad environment or becomes frustrated with his situation down there, because Doug has nothing to lose at that point, then you'll probably hear about it, and then it'll really, really, Look bad on uh, on the owner con of the uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and good morning to all Eric and Dwayne and everybody else over in the uh, Bud Light live stream and everybody watching. Uh, thanks to you for paying attention to us as well. It's the Friday edition of the Bill Michaels Show. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back right after this. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Watch this video, and then I'll treat you to some ice cream. Right, let's check out this video, and then again, treat you to some ice cream, man. We'll play this video, and then I'll treat you to some ice cream. We got a little ice cream coming up from Fort Hall Melt. I know we got some ice cream that's melting, so we got to get out of here. Wish you guys the best of luck. Treat you to some uh, vanilla ice cream here in a second. We got a little video right here, and then uh, I'm going to treat you to some hoggy. Hopefully, you, know, you guys know that last week, Monday night, or Sunday night. Who knew that? That's bull. We'll get over here and get some ice cream before it kind of. Nice job on the hoggy dogs last week. And then again, I'll treat you to some ice cream. We've got a great video for you, and then uh, we've got some ice cream to smell. <laughs> what the hell? Doug Peterson and his ice cream. How are we looking? Now I'm hungry for ice cream. I just bought a, a tub of Kemp's chocolate. With Reese cup in it. Maybe I have to go down there during one of the breaks and start grubbing down like I'm going to the electric chair tonight. Thank you very much, Ben. Be melted. But uh, we got some yeah. ice cream for you here. 
right after the uh, right after the video. I know it's a little. Like some ice cream. Get you out. How are we looking? Loving that ice cream. There you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, 877-867-1670, Hey, our buddy Kevin uh, from yesterday says, uh, it's uh, if it's true that the Dolphins and the Browns owners told their head coaches to deliberately lose games, then the Bears uh, ownership must have told Matt Nagy to try and win every game. <laughs> Kevin, you're killing me. You're killing me. Love it. By the way, um, a note here, Doug Peterson, uh, every year, pre-Aaron, um, uh, Andrew Brandt says, uh, I would try to find a veteran backup quarterback. Most said no due to a chance never to play behind Brett Favre. Because Brett Favre never missed a snap. So I ended up calling Doug Peterson. He said, okay, Andrew, how many quarterbacks you call before me this time? And it was usually three or four quarterbacks before uh, he called Doug Peterson back and said, hey, Doug, we want to bring you back. And he'd say, all right, cool. You know, Doug Peterson was such a good guy. I love Have you ever talked to him, Ben? I have not, but he, everything I've seen, he's such a great dude. He's such a good guy, man. I, I'll tell you this. Uh, when you had 30 cameras and microphones on, on Wednesday, all recording Brett, uh, it was so cool to get Doug and, and just talk to him and just say, hey, tell me about the game plan. Tell me about what's going on, you know, and he... And it was nothing that was on microphone. He would just kind of break things down. And this, this goes back to the day when you could actually get in a locker room. And he would tell you, yeah, look for this, look for that, you know. And then, then he'd always kind of preface it by saying, then again, you never know what the hell Brett's going to do. But he was just such a good guy. He was, he was Brett's hunting buddy. He made a lot of money not getting beat up, hanging out behind Brett, working out, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And uh, in the weight room and stuff like that. And then coming in on Sunday and not getting his brains beat out and maybe taking a couple of snaps to wrap up a game or if Brett, you know, twisted an ankle or something. And then he'd go back off to the sideline and call it a day. He had, he had a great career just kind of hanging out. That's so, why it's such a then, shame what happened in Philly to me. Because, yeah, I mean, everyone loved him. He was uh, he had a lot of success. Two years after the Super Bowl, they canned him because the owner and GM wanted more control. Right. He got totally. You know what screwed. you should do? Why don't you get a hold of somebody in Jacksonville and just say, "Hey, see, see, if we can't get Doug on, and uh, and and just see what they say. See if they'll see if they'll actually put the head coach on that we could talk to. Maybe he, maybe if he, maybe if he got to him, that he would say, "Oh, okay, sure, we we do that." Because I used to talk to him every Wednesday. Every when when Brett was on the podium, I would come down and talk to Doug Peterson. We'd have some great conversations. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. You want to hit us up, by all means, go ahead and do so. Give us a shout. Uh, we mentioned this last night, but it uh, the update is still pretty much the same, unfortunately, uh, that uh, out in Inglewood, California, the 49ers fan uh, is still in the medically induced coma after he was punched numerous times during a parking lot confrontation with an apparent Rams fan at Sunday's NFC Championship game. Now, if you're going to the Super Bowl, if you're heading out there, they're upping security because it was a Rams fan, and the Rams are obviously in the Super Bowl. So if you're a, a Bengals fan or any other fan, or any other team for that matter, uh, and you're going to the Super Bowl, they're upping security because apparently this fight breaks out. This Rams fan, uh, and they've gone to the videotape that's in all of the parking lot uh, light posts and cameras and all that kind of stuff, and uh, this this 49ers fan walking in, black jeans, a 49ers jersey, starts jawing with another guy. I don't, I don't know who started it or what have you, but 
Um, they said when he turned, when when Luna turned to walk away, and the guy's name is is Daniel Luna. He's forty years old, and uh, they they uh, the blurry they they found his attacker based on blurry video and a license plate of a car. Um, so the mayor has said we found the guy who did this. Luna owns a restaurant in Oakland. Uh, was mingling in the crowd of about 16 people at SoFi Stadium, most of them wearing what appears to be 49ers jersey, when he pushed a man wearing a Rams jersey from behind. Okay? Um, there seemed to be, there didn't seem really like to be hostilities because of it, but at the time when Luna turned to walk away, the man pushed Luna back. When Luna turned to look at the man, the man was already in punch mode and punched Luna right in the face. Luna fell to the ground, hit the back of his head. Um, the They said the uh, the encounter actually was less than about five seconds. Luna was then, like, rolled under a car, found in the parking lot about a half an hour into the game. So everybody saw this, and nobody helped this guy. And they said it looked like a small altercation. It just went bad. And from one punch and somebody falling, hitting their head on the ground, it wasn't like you had people ganging up on somebody and beating the hell out of them. Luna's face was fractured. He was placed in a medically induced coma to prevent internal bleeding and swelling on his brain. And what happened to him, they say, is reprehensible. We strongly condemn all the violence. Uh, The 49ers said in a statement to the L.A. Times, they said we know local authorities in L.A. are conducting a full investigation. Uh, In the video, they say, isn't clear enough to provide the description of the suspect, but he was seen talking to some people in a car. Police went to find that car and talked to the occupants to see if they were involved. Uh, security won't be increased uh, significantly because of the incident, but there will be some additional security guards on on site. So if you're heading to the game, uh, this marred the NFC Championship game outside via fan, alter, via fan altercation. But this guy was then basically left in the parking lot bleeding, and they sh- kind of rolled him under a car, under the back of a car, and that was it. So they left this guy there. So if you're heading out there, do expect a little bit of an increased presence, but they say they're not going to up it significantly because they believe it was, quote, an isolated incident. Of course they do. Just an FYI. Uh, 877-867-1670. Um, uh, Dennis said, I always said the best job in professional sports would be Brett Favre's backup. You're on the sidelines of the Green Bay Packers game. You uh, make good money. You have the best seat in the house, and you didn't get the crap beat out of you every week. What a great job. <laughs> Dennis, you're probably right. Then again, if you don't ever get a chance to really go out and show your wares, you're not making millions. You know, you're making good money. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure when he got out of the NFL after so many seasons, Doug Peterson had more than a few million tucked away. But it wasn't like he was making nine million a year, you know? So there you go. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, by the way, um, the um, heading out there, this is from Anthony, who says, uh, heading out to L.A., you got to go to the museum, you got to go to the beach, Redondo is awesome, and are you going to take a trip down Rodeo Drive? I have no idea. I, I This whole thing is uh, somewhat new to me. Mike Clemens has been there before. Kristen has been there before. So they've got the whole itinerary mapped out. I don't, I don't have all that. I'm just, I'm kind of like just, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy with the credit card. I'm just footing the bill. That's it. Footing the bill, driving a car. 
They point the finger. I go where they tell me to go. <laughs> I, it's, it's that easy. It's that easy. Good stuff. Um, this is from a D who says, and I don't know how true it is because I haven't researched it, but said, interesting tidbit, Doug Peterson will need just three more wins to move into fifth place on the Jaguars' all-time win list, replacing current fifth place former head coach Urban Meyer. <laughs> oh, D, I love it. I love it. Uh, Justin asks, uh, he says, you had an interesting question last night. You asked, if you're going to bring back one particular player for the Packers, who will it be if you already include that Aaron Rodgers is coming back? We talked about this last night. Is it Devontae Adams? Or is it Devondre Campbell? That's a great question. I, I would venture... Let me let me say this, okay? I'm going to back this because this is that's a really good question. Let's do this. I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come back. If you were going to bring back one player, so you you get the word that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, and you know there's a couple of players on your list you want to bring back, but the one guy your first priority would be who is it? Who would your first priority be? Okay, I want to know what you think because there's a, there's a thought process to this. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Or to it. Hopefully uh, doing the best we possibly can to bring you everything that is uh, going on out in L.A. uh, next week as we lead up to uh, the Super Bowl. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And many of our on-site broadcasts are brought to you by a lot of our great uh, minor sponsors. We can't say thanks enough to our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable. They bring you Mike Clemens each and every week. And uh, they have been a great partner of ours all Packer season long. So thanks to the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. And, uh, hey, by the way, uh, one of our new sponsors, the Milwaukee Admirals, uh, big night coming up. They have got the Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin, marching band on the ice playing the what would be considered the fourth period. Three periods in hockey. The fourth period is going to be the Wisconsin band playing on the ice uh, down at the UW Panther Arena. If you are looking for uh, tickets to go, go to milwaukeeadmirals.com. That's milwaukeeadmirals.com. Good. And that, that was always a really, really fun night. I'd love to go if, we, if it wasn't for the fact that we're leaving so early in the morning. But, uh, but man, that's always a good time. So if you are looking for a, a fun night out, uh, by all means, head down to uh, the UW Panther Arena. Hey, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to talk some Harleys and some fun. And I talk with Jesse James Dupree, the lead singer of the band Jackal. Uh, he's going to be coming up in the next hour, so stay tuned for that. Uh, and he's I'm sure he's all wound up. He's hes always wound up, but I'm sure he's going to be wound up. So we'll hear from uh, Jesse coming up here in a little bit. So if you are going to look at this team and the Green Bay Packers, and you're going to look at this and say, okay, Let's just say 
in whatever world it is we live, I don't want to say perfect world, but let's just say they work it out with Aaron Rodgers and he's coming back. Okay, your next priority is who and why. Your next priority is who and why. Now, we hear today that according to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, there is a mutual interest in him coming back. We heard that Aaron Rodgers would like to have him back. He thought that he grew as a person. He thought that he grew as a receiver. The problem was he was banged up and has been for quite often in his career. So and hasn't always been the most reliable. So he also acknowledged that there's a lot of moving parts to the situation. For one, the Packers, um, they have a lot of money over the cap. Okay. Heading into the season. Got to get that number down. So there's some really, really tough decisions that have to be made. Uh, and from a player standpoint, it could be one of uh, Valdez Scantling's last chances to sign a big time contract. So we'll see. That's one of those life changing deals. His price tag went up following uh, the 2020 season when he led the NFL with an average of 20.9 yards per catch. Now opposing teams have to have to respect him because he can. He does have the speed to be able to get downfield, but he wasn't available specifically down a stretch. So that's one area. But I think we look at two names and we circle them. And the natural is to say Devonta Adams for many. For me, Devondre Campbell. And I, I, I hate to say that I want to pass on, on Devonte. $30 million a year. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know he's Aaron Rodgers' number one go-to guy. I get it. I know he's a... Anywhere from 8 to 16 target a game guy. I get it. I understand it. He's a big part of that offense. But for the first time, Nick Barnett, Blake Martinez, A.J. Hawk, go through the list of guys that the Packers have tried to find to play middle linebacker. And I'll, I just can't get it out of my head when Elliot Wolf goes to the podium. He's asked numerous times about middle linebacking help in the draft, and he says, we don't value the middle linebacker, it seems, as much as you do. And I always found that ridiculous. When you look at some of the best defensive players in history, they've been middle linebackers. They're guys that could go outside, they can come inside, they can rush, they can tackle, they can stuff the run, and they can cover over the middle. And I'm like, are you effing nuts? And now... Devondre Campbell comes into the situation vastly undervalued, completely outplays his contract. And you see what it's like to have a linebacker legit. It just changes your defense when you've got that guy up the gut. And and make no mistake about it, you got to have a strong safety, you got to have a strong corner, you got to have a strong nose tackle you know you build up the gut you build in the trenches and up the gut and then after that all the pieces fall into place you now have a legit nose tackle a legit middle linebacker and depending on what you end up doing with adrian amos uh, if you would bring him back you have a legit safety a guy that's not necessarily you know he, he's not troy palomalu but he is a stabilizing force back there and now you've got a linebacker to go with it and everything trickled down from there for the we didn't value it because we didn't have it now that we have it you know what the value is 
And I I would probably look at Devondre Campbell before I looked at Devontae Adams. I know at this point you're trying to appease Aaron Rodgers. So if that's what you have to do is bring Devontae back instead of Devondre Campbell, that's where I got a real problem with all of this because you're in essence bringing back your quarterback, yes, but then your quarterback is dictating your personnel when the value of your middle linebacker might be as valuable, if not more so defensively speaking, than your offensive value to Devontae Adams. Considering without Devontae, you didn't lose a game. I'll say it again. When Devontae has not played, you haven't lost a game. As a matter of fact, the consensus might be that Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback. Now, granted, your downfield threat and your comfort level is not the same. I understand that. It does change the game plan. And it changes the game plan, defensively speaking, too, for the opponent. But, you know, you still can't have enough great players. You would love to have Devontae back. I'm not saying don't bring Devontae back, because I am. I'd love to see Devontae come back. But at $30 million, if I have to choose one, I'm going to Devontae Campbell. I'd go in that direction. It's, it's, you're, we've been wanting a good defense for a long, long time. You were wanting a middle linebacker for a long, long time. So I, I, that's my thought. Now, I don't think there's any wrong answer specifically, but that's the direction in which I would go. 877-867-1670. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, here's Mike Clemens. The Bengals and the Rams, wrapping up their first week of practice for the Super Bowl, will be broadcasting every day, all next week, live from L.A. on the Bill Michaels Show at Super Bowl 56. Now, the first thing you notice about Rams head coach Sean McVay in a press conference is his intense energy level. Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup. He at times, like, maybe he'll say this, maybe not, but I think at times he's, I mean, he walks the line between, like, unhealthy competition and healthy competition. Uh, you know, he wants to win at all costs. Although they were underdogs, the Bengals played the Chiefs into overtime and beat them on the road in Kansas City. What will it be like in the Super Bowl? Bengals safety, Von Bell. Just settling in. Get all the jitters out. They're they going to make plays. You know, they, they're here for a reason. You know, they, they've been in the Super Bowls. They've been in the big games. They know how to win. Uh, they go find their guy. They're going to make plays, but we're going to make plays too. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is in Las Vegas this week coaching in the Pro Bowl. He's also looking for a new special teams coordinator. LaFleur on what questions need to be asked. You look at the things that you can control. Are we putting the pe- right people in the right positions to make plays? That's certainly that's that's a coach's decision. You look at what happened on special teams. Did we have the right guys available for those situations? As, as the head football coach, you always got to look at yourself first and foremost. I can't expect anybody else, whether player, coach, whoever it may be, to look at themselves critically if I can't do that myself. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
say somebody been shot. Welcome back. Somebody's been abused. Somebody blew up a building. Somebody. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Bill Michael's show continues on. Glad to have you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Hey, by the way, uh, they have got, uh, look, if you're a truck driver, listen up. You know what it's like driving right now in those below zero temperatures. And, and your job, you know, you can't just stop because it's cold outside. Quick Trip's new Tundra Max premium diesel fuel going to get you through your work day without interruption. Check out Quick Trip's new Tundra Max diesel providing even more protection blended with up to 30%. At uh, number one diesel. So there you go. And uh, I it, I know about this because uh, with the RV that we have, uh, at the latter portion of our season this past year, it got really cold. And that was one of the things that was brought to my attention. Make sure you use the number one. You run run good diesel in it. So there you go. Tundra Max Diesel. Uh, just that. More winter protection for whatever Mother Nature throws at you. Blend it up to with 30% number one diesel. Make Quick Trip your stop for Tundra Max Premium Blended Diesel. It's that simple. Not to mention premium blended food. Ooh, some good stuff. Good, good stuff. That's our friends over there at Quick Trip. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, that's the way to do it. Um, replying over on the Bud Light live stream, um, the uh, Rick wants to know, can you trade a player that you place the franchise tag on? I want to say no. Because it wouldn't make it, it, it wouldn't be fair to the player. You cannot. I didn't think so. Um, but there you go. Says a. Franchise players technically a free agent that is bound by the original team. They are not considered a signed player. Right. I didn't think so, but there you go. Uh, because it would be blatantly unfair. You could just franchise tag people and then go out and get draft choices and such for them. And it would do no Don't get me wrong. The player still gets paid top five money at their position, but it would do nothing but benefit the team. And I can't imagine any the, the players' association would have ever ever agreed to that. So, so no, there you go. No, you can't do that. Uh, this one's from uh, Fun Guy Dave. Fun Guy Dave says uh, the first guy I would resign is Devondre Campbell. Hell of a year this year, and you are right. We finally have a middle linebacker. Don't let him slip through our fingers. Fun Guy Dave, I would uh, agree with that. Uh, Buck Willie says uh, to bring back Aaron Rodgers, you probably have to bring back Devontae Adams. So it's a moot point. I hope that that is not part of the equation. I no, I do believe that the Packers are, they're in a real conundrum. I mean, the bottom line is they just don't have a lot of money. They don't have any money at this point. But the conundrum is, do you give these guaranteed contracts, but in this upcoming year make it minimal so you can kick that can down the road? Because not this coming year, but the following year and the year after that, you're supposed to see quite a rise in, um, in, in salary cap. And maybe you can climb out of that hole just by, just by years, just by attrition. But at some point, you, you, for as much as we look at the team and we say, you know, you got to go all in. At some point, you're going to say, we can't. Well, this is the team. We don't have that ability to kick that can down the road anymore. 
Some of these guys are getting older. They've got guaranteed money. We, we, can't, we can't do this. Otherwise, we're going to stick ourselves in salary cap jail after with life after Aaron Rodgers. So there is a fine line. And I, I really and truly believe that in order for this to work, Rodgers is going to have to come in and, and really swallow it and say, got to take a pay cut. Got to take a pay cut. You can't say I want 80, 70, 90 million guaranteed, whatever it is, on top of that and say, yeah, that's fine. I'll kick that can down the road, but I'll only take a million dollars this year. But still, you're going to owe me 90 million over the next few years. You, you can't do it. He's going to have to go back to what we would consider to be Tom Brady numbers. Tom Brady did it throughout his career, and at the end of his career, he got the money. Rodgers has, has restructured, but he's not taken less. They've just moved money around. But he's always been highly paid. So, and, and you know, don't get me wrong. He, he deserves the money. But there also has to be an understand that you, you, you can't have all the money. Uh, John says, does your show have an app that I could download? Yes, John. W-O-Z-N, The Zone in Madison. That's a daily app you can listen to. You can also find uh, some of the links over at uh, thebillmichaels.com, thebillmichaels.com. And uh, if you want to listen to the podcast of the show, the show in its entirety, or just specific interviews and such, you can always find it on the uh, uh, on the Spotify or on iTunes or over on Google Podcasts. The Huddle Wherever. as well is up as a the podcast. The Huddle as well. The Huddle as well. Hey, Ben, so tell me this, and this is, we're going to do some technical stuff here, people, so bear with me for just a second. But we're going to sit down every night in L.A., uh, the, the four of us, and chit-chat, and I'm going to record this. We're going to make it more just podcast only for the behind the scenes of what's going on out in L.A. So uh, am I uploading this, or do I just mail email this to you, and then you put it up first thing in the morning? Yeah, you could send it to me. I mean, it depends what okay. time at night. Um, and how I late I'm no up idea. watching film of guys that might go in the sixth round of the NFL draft. Okay. Well, there you go. There you go. So we'll, we'll, we'll do this nightly. I just don't know at what time, but we plan on sitting down at some point. Now, one of, some of these, uh, now I think we're going to do four or five of them, but some of these could be, um, how shall I say it, after imbibing. Lubricated? We could, Yes. Good term. Good term. Some of these could be lubricated. Some of these could be adult language. Some of these, yeah. Yeah. This could be the no holds bar. Here you go. We've been out all day. This is what we've seen. This is what we like. This is what we didn't like. Here's the funny stories. Here's the things that piss us off. Here's the things that get under our skin. Here's the things that we love, that type of stuff. And for the whole deal, it could end up just being one big, because I've, I, I, this is what I picture. As you sit there and listen to this, um, the, this is going to be four adults with beers, headsets on, just talking and drinking. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. Craig says, screw LA. Couldn't pay me to go to that blank hole. Craig, I've never been. I, I the only time I was ever in LA, I was there for a brewer series where it was basically to the hotel, to the stadium and back. And I was there, I flew to LAX and then I drove over to the, uh, 
Well, I didn't drive over. They took us over. We uh, we cruised out of uh, L.A., the port of L.A., to Acapulco. So that was it. That was it. One hour down, three yet to go. Coming up in the next hour, Jesse James Dupree from the band Jackal. You're going to hear from him. Going to talk a little Harley Davidson, rock and roll at the Super Bowl, all that kind of good stuff. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.